0: Hey guys and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh fitness podcast. So, today is a solo episode and I have not done one of these since I think December. I think so. Just a caveat if I start coughing, I sincerely apologize. Really struggling with my asthma at the minute and it's uh it's 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 taking its toll. And um, but I put up something up on my stories last week in relation to kind of some of the the most the biggest difficulties people can have with losing weight and what are the biggest issues that people are having in losing weight right now so this is kind of A Q&A style podcast that you guys have sent in so i really hope that someone finds it beneficial there are other episodes with a lot of these topics covered already and i will do my best to answer them as best as possible this could be a 20 minute episode this could be a four hour episode i have no idea how long this is going to go on for but the biggest thing is, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot to it. Some of it may be applicable to you. Some of it may not be applicable to you. So I just want to say before I go any further, is I want to say a massive thank you to everyone who has been listening to the podcast. I know things are open back up, and the support over the kind of like the two two and a bit year period of kind of like COVID and stuff, the support has been amazing and. People are, new people are coming in, people are sharing it, so please continue to do that. The more people share it and the more information and the more people that can listen to it is kind of getting rid of that kind of silly yo-yo dieting, fad diet mentality, which has been pushed on people for a very long time. And that's ultimately what myself, Jane and Dallas, who are the two coaches that I work with on a daily basis are trying to do and and trying to improve the knowledge that's out there. And it's the biggest thing that we try to do with our clients. We're not gonna give someone a quick fix most people will try to build a house on the foundations of matchsticks and expect nothing to happen and we're expecting nothing to collapse and what we're trying to do is build our foundations it may not be sexy there will be people who are ready to push a fast diet be, but the majority of people are not ready to do that so this episode is one of the biggest struggles you will face with weight loss so the first question is coming to in relation to remembering weight loss isn't linear and some odd weeks will go up a pound and don't pressing the fuck it button. So that kind of came in. So we need to look at like weight loss isn't straightforward. And I think those who have lost weight or are trying to will tell you that as well. It is certainly not It is certainly not consistent and regular, which can be frustrating and demotivating. But that is if you are relying on your motivation to be there due to a piece of plastic telling you how to look and how to feel. So... There will be things that are outside of your control, which is what a scales is. It's outside of your control. So think of it like the weather outside. So we've literally had storms here in Ireland and the UK for the last little while, and we have no control over that weather. We also have no control over the stock market, but yet we expect the scales to to stay the same way or to go down every single week. But that could be just due to a lack of education and an outsourcing of blame. So if we haven't, acted in the way that we've essentially wanted to or could do or that we were meant to and the scales goes up we almost validate our actions by saying oh i didn't do too bad this week so the scales haven't done gone down as much or haven't gone up as much i thought so it's almost a damage control thing we need to look at the what the actual scales can bring in and what it actually does measure it measures the relationship between you and gravity it does not relationship does not measure the relationship between you and you. So a few reasons why the scales may go up. One is glycogen depletion. So glycogen is the energy that's stored directly inside your muscles and your liver instead of being stored as fat. So if we have a little bit more, say, carbohydrates late at night, carbohydrates do not make you fat. But if we haven't used the energy from those carbohydrates before we say go to bed or whatever may be they may be stored as water in our body and they may have an impact on the scales that's not saying to eat don't eat after 4 pm that's not saying to eat them not after 6 pm just being aware that that could be a factor in when the scales goes up or down okay so it could also be a difference if you are stepping on the scales before your training session or your resistance training session and after it. So after your weighing tra- after your tra- your weights training session or your exercise, your muscles are going to be fuller and this could be as much of a 500 gram difference. so they could be full of a little bit more water or energy so you will be heavier after your training sessions compared to before your training sessions. So if you are having a little bit more carbohydrates, in during the day or whatever, maybe compared to day to day, you're not going to nail it every single day. You're human and nor should you try to nail it every single day. Because You can only be can only do manage to do your best. You can't be perfect. One gram of carbohydrates adds up to about three to four grams of water in the body. And if that energy is not used, it can be stored as water. It will not be stored as fat unless it, you are in a calorie surplus. So that can add to the next one, which is water retention. So if you are not drinking enough water, you may be dehydrated and the body and the scales will impact that too. If you are kind of have a lot of water in your body, that could impact the scales too. So it's about seeing where you're at. It it could also be affected by sodium, which is salt, and how much water you are drinking. So remember that water retention can be caused by not drinking enough water and therefore hanging on to the stuff you do get. So the only way for our bodies really to get rid of... The food that we've taken in during the day is to poo it out, to urinate it out. So if we're not getting enough water, that food or that water is just going to sit there and that can impact on the scales. So normally what I would say is try to get roughly one and a half to two liters of water a day. If you don't do it, so be it. If you do do it, happy days. But you'll know by generally urine color. That's what I generally go by myself. If it's, if it's yellow, it means you're not drinking enough water. If it's kind of a lighty, clear yellow, to clear, it means you're hydrated, and that's generally what I would go for. Women, you also need to look at the next one, which is your menstrual cycle. Your menstrual cycle plays a huge part in your weight across the month. I've seen scales go up three to five kg during the time of the month for some women, and go down three to five kgs on certain times, through water retention, through emotional eating, through erratic eating habits, to the fluctuations of the hormones. So there's not much you can actually do apart from here by apart from actually understanding how your body works. So what I mean by that is compare your like weeks with your like weeks. And what I mean by that is if you are comparing your week of your cycle to the week after your cycle, they're not a fair comparison. They're like comparing chalk and cheese. But if you are comparing your like week in, say, February to your like week in... March, you'll get a more accurate reading. If the measurements and the, say the scales or whatever it is, or the metric that you're using is going down or your weight training or the the weights that you were lifting are going up or you're improving your your body composition or whatever it is around those times and you're comparing them, then you are and you're doing everything you can in the meantime and you're being as proactive as possible, your habits are there and whatever it may be, then that's the most accurate representation. But what can happen is the hormones, the water retention, the bloating, all that kind of stuff can impact on the scales. So compare your like week with your like week and that will have a massive impact. If you are not going to the bathroom can also happen. So if you haven't gone for a number two, um, that can also have a massive impact. So if your stomach is full, think of it like a bag. If it's full, it can have, have an impact on the scales. So if you're only going to the bathroom every second day, it's going to be full and it may struggle to release it. So ideally we wanna to go to the bathroom every day, but if we're going to the bathroom every second day, that's roughly what the, the most we should be not going. If it's a past that, we may need to increase your fiber, your water, your veggies, all that side of stuff, and that's huge. Um, so if you're not going to the bathroom, that can have an impact on your scales. So if you are if you think of it like a stomach, uh, like a plastic bag, if that's full, it's gonna weigh more. It's the exact same thing with the contents of your body. So with the muscle growth and fat loss, so this is the if you gain muscle and lose fat, the scales won't change. As kind of fluctuation of sorts, but muscle doesn't weigh more than fat. One pound of feathers weighs the same as one pound of rocks. It just they may look at different body compositions and the body. So. If you are someone who is right, their body composition is changing to look a little bit more muscular or a little bit more toned, and that's essentially what muscle means that can have an impact on the the scales, but the scales is only measuring your relationship between gravity and itself. It's not measuring you and your self worth. So generally what I would say is you need to understand weight loss. So weight loss is your weight. Fat loss is how you look and how you feel in clothes. One of them you can control, one of them you cannot. The controlling one that you can is your output in the gym, your nutrition and being in a deficit or a surplus, whatever your goal may be. The weight loss you cannot control. You cannot control the fluctuations that are inevitable to happen. So if the scales is impacting your mood, please stay off it. It is If it is causing you to press the fuck up button per se, you need to remove the trigger. A gun cannot go off without a trigger, so you need to remove the trigger. If you are stepping on the scales knowing that you are going to be in a bad mood if it goes up or in a happy mood if it goes down, it's still not right, they're not right. Not the, not the right metric for you. Your measurements, your body, your your body weight are going to fluctuate. When you realise that is going to happen, and if you are doing it at the same time all the time, so as the first thing in the morning, before food, after you go for number two, before water. That is the time that you are at your leanest. No matter what your body composition is, that is when you are at your lightest and your leanest. Take what you do on average. It's like when you are saving for a mortgage. You don't get there in one week or one paycheck. It's what you do over time that is going to get you to your goal. Weight loss is not linear. It's like the weather. You have no control over it. Weight loss isn't linear because it's like a stock market. You have no control over it. But what you do have control over is whether you step on it or not. Whether you are eating and fueling your body for you, whether you are doing the best you can, whether you are eating to nourish your body, whether you're eating enough protein, whether you're getting sleep, are you managing your stress and whether your actions are matching up to your expectations. If your actions are not matching up to your expectations, it's going to be very, very difficult. So you need to understand weight loss isn't linear. It's also important to look at it from a point of view of if you are drinking alcohol, that can have an impact on it too. And that's one of the other things that kind of came in wine o'clock and dealing with that. You can drink alcohol and lose weight. But if it's becoming a coping mechanism for you to deal with the unfortunate circumstances of the last two and a bit years, then you need to look at your changing your coping mechanism going to talk to someone or whatever it may be. If you are drinking every single weekend, and then you're going out to say tune or you're getting Eddie Rockets or whatever it may be on top of it. There's nothing wrong with those. But if you're having those every single weekend, two or three times a weekend or once a weekend, that's going to have an impact on your journey and will slow down the results. But you have to be able to live. If you're losing, it depends on the person. Aiming for around half a pound, a pound of weight loss a week is generally a pretty safe number. Generally, when people go open my fitness path, they're like, oh, I need to lose two pounds of weight loss. You haven't got the foundations. You're expecting a house to stand on a foundation of matchsticks. You need to look at it from a point of view. Weight loss and those numbers that I've said of half a pound to a weight loss a week on average, they are generic numbers. Some people may lose more because they may have more to lose. Some people will lose less because they have less to lose. Not every journey is the same. That is a massive factor as well, if you are comparing your journey to someone else's and say Sharon loses say five kg in x amount of weeks and you only lose three kg in x amount of weeks, why are you comparing genetics lifestyle stress, sleep eating habits psychological habits have you trained as much as her? Her body may respond completely different to that style of training and the food that she's eating. She could be restricting without telling you, so if you're comparing your if you're comparing anything compare where you were say four weeks ago six months ago one year ago do not compare your week on week on week particularly if you're a woman you need to take that cycle into account so weight loss will not be linear if it impacts your mood drive over it with your car or fuck it out the window the scales will go up the scales will go down you have no control over it So please stop trying to manage it, trying to predict it. Oh, if I go down half a pound, I will be happy. Or if I go down a pound, I will be happy. You won't be happy. Because you're basing your outcome on on a piece of plastic to tell you how to feel. That is essentially what you are doing. You are educating your kids to do the same thing. Just because you may weigh a certain amount, it is the least interesting thing about you. Your partner or your kids or your friends do not love you because of your weight. They love you because of the person behind it. They don't love you because you look a certain way. They love you because of the person that's in them. So to focus on non-scale victories. Has your strength gone up? Are your closing feeling better? Have you got more confidence? Are you feeling, Better have you got a better relationship with food? Are you educating your kids to have chocolate every single day or carbs every single day? Are you not restricting your food? Focus on non-scale outcomes and I guarantee you'll feel a hell of a lot better. So weight loss isn't linear, but the one thing that we have control of is our own actions. So the next question is a superb question and it came in as well and kind of went through this with the person that if they are listening, they'll, they'll know when it was a massive win and it was a massive insight um, for them. So the question that came in was confusing trying to find the right one or diet that works long term, that's healthy and not a fad. So what I would say to someone is the definition of a diet means way of life. It doesn't mean restriction. It doesn't mean punishment. It doesn't mean you can't have your favorite foods. So if there is a diet that you are currently on and it is imposed on you that you cannot eat fruit, that you cannot eat sugar, that you cannot eat carbs, that you cannot eat after a certain time, that you cannot do X, Y, and Z, you cannot lick a grape for whatever fucking thing it goes on, whatever nonsense is out there, then it's the wrong diet. Diet means way of life. So if you are unable to have a family night or a takeaway with your family, I would say it's the wrong diet. If it means that it's going to impact your relationship with food and you, then it's probably the wrong diet. If it means you cannot kind of have the favorite foods like chocolate. Remember, you are a much nicer person with chocolate in your life. Well, then it's probably the wrong way. So if it's something that you are restricting and you've learned it from, say, a certain Slimming Club like this person here, was restricting say carbohydrates and saying that they couldn't have carbohydrates or cereal and or cereal in the same day because of gaining weight that's not the case that was a lot learned or taught to them more like dictated to them by a certain slimming club but if you i have cereal most days and i have if i bread every single day and it hasn't made me gain weight so we have to look at it from a point of view as why is it different for me for different for you oh but you train no I train because I want to give myself the best version of myself it doesn't matter what form of training you do whether it be walking or whether it be running or whether it be weights or crossfit or whatever it may be it doesn't matter what it is it's still the same principles it's going to be energy balance in calories in calories out if you eat too many calories consistently for what your body needs, you will gain fat. If you eat consistently less than your body needs, you will lose fat. But you also have no control over what your your body weight is. But you have control over your actions. So if you're saying that you can't have a certain food, well, then it's probably the wrong approach. So one of the things that kind of came in around this is, what, well, bread was the big thing. What, why can't you have bread? I have bread every single day. The fear of gaining after having bread. How can bread lead lead you to kind of weight gain? So you have to look at it from a point of view as why is fearing why is weight gain the biggest fear that can actually happen for you? Why are you so attached to weight gain being so high up on your your values when no one else judges you by what you weigh. You also can't read what other people are thinking about you. You have control over your actions. You have no control over what everyone else thinks. You're living your life for weighing scales. You can also be health at every size. H-A-E-S, health at every size. Look at the rock. He would be morbidly obese according to the BMI scale. But his body goals for an awful lot of people. Your weight is also the least interesting thing about you. Are you educating your kids that they can't have cereal or bread in the same day? So you have to look at it from a point of view as are you encouraging your kids to have those foods? And if the answer is yes, then why is it different for you that they can have them and you can't have them? You have zero control over the scale. So if your food choices are based on the scales, you need to look at it from a point of view as no food or meal can make you fat in isolation. No food can make you lose weight or gain weight in isolation. You have to look at it from a point of view is your kids are eating meals that you are making for them. They probably have carbohydrates in most of them. They probably have proteins in most of them. They probably have fruit and veggies in most of them. But why is it different for you? You're the one cooking the food. Why do you feel you need to almost have a separate meal cooked for you? Because I'm so-called inverted commas on a diet. Remember, diet means way of life. Diet doesn't mean I need to suck on a a celery stick to lose weight because that's not going to end too well. So confusion trying to find the right diet that works long term. Ask yourself, can you stick to the way of life or the uh, or the method that you were going through for the next 5, 10, 15 years? Does that mean you have to be on a diet for the next 10, 15 years? The answer is no. What I'm saying is, can you stick to what you're doing for the next 5, 10, 15 years? If the answer is no, well, then it's probably the wrong approach. If you're looking for, say, getting shredded for a holiday or something, then it's very different. But the person that I was talking to and the people I'm talking to right now are the people who are looking to stop yo-yo dieting. So if you are cutting out of food and then once you get a little bit down or your emotions or your stress picks up, they're the foods you're going to go to. The only way to encourage yourself and teach yourself about those certain foods that they have no basis on fat loss or fat gain because it's the combination of the whole thing is the realisation that if you restrict a certain food, they will be gone to when you go in a lower mood. And the only way to deal with that is to have those foods every day. But people will talk about You can't have chocolate every day. I have chocolate and ice cream every single day. I have bread and carbohydrates every single day. I have fats every single day. Because they work for me. They make my body work for me. They help me function as a human. They give me the energy that I need to do like the likes of the podcast, talk to my clients on a daily basis, run a business to train, give me the opportunity to have energy look at it this way you give your car the petrol and the fuel that it needs you give your body the fuel you also look at it from a point of view is your kids sleep at night why don't you focus on your sleep you'll feel a hell of a lot better when you're sleeping so with the confusion trying to find the right one ask it what's the closest to the way of life that you value what's the closest to the way of life that you want to have There's also no end goal when it comes to a fitness journey, especially if there's no scales dictated. I have no idea what I weigh. I genuinely have no idea and I literally couldn't give a hoot. I go by how I feel, how my progression in the gym is going, how my clothes are feeling, and the energy that I have and the confidence that I have. They're all non-scale attainable measurements. I've taken the control, the ownership of my own measurements and my destiny. I haven't let a piece of plastic tell me how to live my life. That's essentially what we're doing, looking for validation of a piece of plastic rather than giving it to ourselves. Validation starts with ourselves. So confusion, trying to find the right diet that works long term, that's healthy and not fat. Fad means quick fix. If you try to quick fix over and over again and keep going back to the same one and you keep... Not getting the results you're looking for, change the outcome. It's almost like it's, I would compare a fad diet to puncturing your tires before you start driving. You're kind of losing a bottle straight away. So look at it from the point of view can you do it one year, 50 f- one year, six months, two years, five years, ten years from now and live that life that you want to have that includes having a few drinks, having a takeaway? having regular meals get more fruit and veggies in the real basics that you're taught as a kid but somewhere along the line you keep scrolling on social media looking for the next quick fix looking for the next quick fix when all diets work it's normally our psychological impact on the environment that has been created by society that dictates whether we fail or succeed it's normally us so look at it from a point of view and set yourself for success Can I do this for five years? Can I do this for 10 years? If the answer is no, then it's the wrong approach. So the next one that came in is in relation to shift work and whether it impacts on weight loss and how to manage that. So there are millions and millions of people who work night shifts and those people are probably sleep deprived. So when you don't get enough sleep, your health begins to suffer and losing weight can seem impossible. So we also have to look at it from a point of view of sunlight exposure is vital for regulating your daily rhythms. And humans are are like mammals. Darkness means it's time to rest and light signals energy and alertness. So when we go against that biology, there is also a cost. So if you are looking to kind of lose weight or putting on muscle mass or whatever it may be while working the night shift, it will require a commitment to do to, do, to to kind of doing whatever you have to do to take care of yourself outside of those shifts. So the good news is that the rules for weight loss don't change because you work night shifts. It's same the, pre, same the same premise of if I eat more than I need, I will lose weight or gain weight. If I need to eat less than I need, I will lose weight. What changes are the strategies that you use to meet the requirements for your health and well being? So does the work in the shift affect your weight? Simply put, it can. Working night shifts disrupts your body's internal clock or circadian rhythm. This cycle is linked to your daily biological clock, and the human body likes routine. So, shift work throws this cycle of uh, balance along with the body's metabolic and hormonal equilibrium. This includes the critical hormones that it regulates society, uh, satiety, and hunger, and they increase your appetite and more instant foods like carbohydrates, fats, sugars, and they're looking for quick kicks because your brain kind of kicks in and says, I need the quickest hit of energy, and those foods are going for it. There's nothing wrong with those foods, but that's essentially what happens. Disrupting your circadian clock increases your risk for waking because it decreases your your resting metabolic rate. There are studies shown that those who have eight hours sleep and those who have four hours sleep. So the studies show that if someone has only four hours sleep, they are probably, they, they could be more likely to have about 560 extra calories a day on top of what they normally eat compared to someone who's getting regular sleep. 560 calories multiplied by 7 is about 3,700 something calories and that could lead to a pound of weight gain of fat in a weekly basis. So it's a huge impact. It can make you feel more stressed, more moody, less energetic and it signals your body to hang on so it releases the stress hormone, cortisol, which can impact on weight gain, body composition. Because you're not sleeping, you'll have lower energy, so you won't want to move. You could have, could suffer from anxiety, depression, isolation, mental health, GI issues as your stomach, ulcers, inflammation, all that kind of stuff. So it has massive impacts. So if you're struggling with any of those, please do go talk to your doctor. So how can I lose weight as a night shift, shift worker? So the goal really should be, how can you get better balance of when to eat and what to eat while you're working on the night shift? So some of the tips that we work with clients who have worked night shifts are create a log. So reaching your weight loss goals doesn't mean giving up everything you love to eat and drink, but you have to do make choices to create a calorie deficit. So writing down exactly what you're eating and drinking could help, how much sleep you're getting, and the amount of exercise gives you a starting point. So you can see exactly what you're, you're trying to do right now. So if the bar needs to be changed or needs to be altered, we can alter it from left, right or center. Then you decide if you need to put work in on your diet or just focus on your exercise. I would normally start on trying to get your sleep up and trying to improve your or work around your nutrition. So if you're not where you want to be in any of the category, don't criticize yourself and don't beat yourself up because that doesn't work for anyone. Pick one area where you want to work on first, then add others in gradually. All right, so start with your protein. Get into the habit of eating before you start your shift so your body has time to transfer those calories into energy so that you are more satiated through the night so you'll not you'll be less likely to eat during the night. Try to get a meal in with some complex carbs, healthy fats, fruits and veggies like you normally would. It can also be prone to have a little bit more sugary foods or have chocolate on the go if you're say working in a hospital or maybe there's nothing wrong with those but if you start off your shift with your regular meal you've already won the day and you're ahead of most people prepare some meals instead of kind of one large meal eat smaller low low snacks throughout your shift choose local fresh food if if you want or bring in something in with you bring in some fresh fruit and veg fruit is a great one if you're looking for sugar fruit also has sugar and um, making sure you're getting your vitamin D uh, because that will help with your energy so if you're not getting daylight exposure during the day because you're sleeping during the day making sure you're getting your vitamin D make time for you and what I mean by that is could do some resistance training on your rest days if you want 30 minutes whatever it may be Try to avoid the likes of HIIT training. Don't end up doing and miles and miles of running if your body doesn't do it. Um and making sure you're getting enough water. This can help with alertness, that can help with body composition, this can help with um your psyche, this can help with your well-being. You need to create some sort of sleep routine. Get blackout blinds, staying off your phone. So if you're coming home from your night shift and you're straight onto your phone and then you're going to bed at say 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. and you're on your phone. Your body needs to tune in with some circadian rhythm. So if it's like it normally wants it to go from light to dark rather than dark to light. So if you're throwing that off even more by having the phone in your eyes, that can have a massive impact. So creating some sort of sleep routine for yourself and have those kind of like can help sleep triggers as well. So how can we improve your sleep quality and quantity? It's sleep is like one of the like if you look at it, if you think of it like a triangle or a pyramid, the base should be your stress and your sleep adherence. Then it'll be your calories, then it will be your training. That's generally what I believe in on that side of things. If you don't get your sleep managed you're going to be picking more, you're going to be more tired, you're going to be more fatigued, you're going to have low libido, you're going to have low self-confidence, you're going to have low body image issues. So we need to try and make sure that you are getting off your phone at a certain time, keeping us at a low temperature room, having your phone and your laptop outside of your room, trying to reduce your caffeine intake during the evenings, trying to reduce alcohol, trying to reduce caffeine, trying to have big massive meals when you get home but trying to keep some sort of routine for what yourself. So some of the meals that you could have is kind of like you could have a little bit of porridge before you go to bed, not a huge amount, because carbohydrates can actually help you sleep. So if you're struggling to sleep, have some carbohydrates, reducing your caffeine. Um, and there's a few other little bits, like I think there's some research saying that Kiwis can tell, say, tell that to actually help you sleep as well. Um, have tea during the night rather than coffee. Um, whole grain carbs, uh, fresh fruit, all that side of stuff. Have your regular meals throughout the day, like normal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a couple of snacks. Eat before your shift. Um, Having water. So it can be done. It just may need that you need to be planning a little bit more, but have a log of what you're actually trying to do right now. And then that'll give you a starting point. Which part needs to be nailed a little bit more? Is it your sleep routine? Is it your training? Is it your nutrition? I would probably start with your sleep routine. Are you scrolling aimlessly when you get home? Are you wrecked when you get home and doing everything else like cleaning up the house or whatever it may be? When you get home, have blackout blinds in the in the house, and I guarantee you'll feel a hell of a lot better. It can be possible, maybe a little bit more difficult, it may be slower, but what's the rush? So the next one that kind of comes in is in relation to dealing with patience or impatience. Should I should I call it? And I always revert back to and there's plenty of there's, I things there's two or three episodes on impatience and stuff like that that people can definitely listen to. Um. I would say, and this is the dickhead in me, is that it takes someone a while to put on weight. It can take a while for someone to lose weight. It can take someone a while to lose weight, and it can take someone a while to put on the weight depending on their factors. It's a harsh reality. It can be hurtful for someone As long with that as well. You need to have some sort of outcome-based goal and um, what I mean by that is are you solely based in your outcome on the scales rather than what you can actually do on your behavior so you need to make it some sort of part of a routine or your daily everyday lifestyle so are you getting regular meals in are you doing some sort of movement every day or most days are you getting your sleep are you managing your, your stress celebrating your non-scale victories again Are you being impatient? And what I mean by impatient, are you expecting two pounds of weight loss every single week when your actions haven't matched your outcomes? Diet doesn't mean restriction. Diet means way of life. Look at what you're doing on average. So say there'll be weeks where you're more motivated, should I say, that you're able to push it that a little bit more, that you're in the zone. And then generally there will be some times where you potentially haven't slept or something has happened or work is overtaking. They're the weeks that you potentially need to reassess and readapt and say, right, I'm just going to focus and get my regular meals in and focusing on my sleep. You cannot blame motivation to get you to where you want to go. It's like relying on Dublin bus to take you where you want to go as well. No one else is going to do anything for anyone. If you look at it from a point of view of you don't go to work every day motivated, but you go. You don't look after your kids every day, even though you're not motivated. But you have to look at it from a point of view and knowing what your why is. Why do you want to lose weight? Why is this important? Why do you want to get strong? Why do you want to put muscle on? Why do you want to feel better in your clothes? They're not big enough whys. You need to look at it from a point of view of, is it confidence? Is it trying to find a partner? Is it that you're going to to get strong as hell so that your bones don't deteriorate as you get older? So you're going to have some... Uh, muscle, are you going to get tone. Tone means building muscle. Are you going to involve friends and family in it as well and get them involved? Add some more physical activity to your day if your your goal is weight loss. So potentially, if you've been going consistently and you feel like a little bit of a plateau, and your food is kind of you've been pretty c- consistent with your food, well, we can either reduce your calories by say 100 calories if you're counting, or else we can increase your activity by going for a longer walk or whatever it may be or could we improve on your sleep could we add a little bit more veggies in could we add a little bit more water in but generally rule of thumb is either increase output or reduce input i would normally start with probably reducing the input by about 100 calories and see where we're at for like two or three weeks and go from there and are you being impatient What's the rush? Fitness has, life, fitness, health, all that kind of stuff hasn't got an end goal. It's to be here as long as possible. So if your goal is solely based on a piece of plastic telling you how to feel, you need to change your prerogative. It's the least interesting thing about you. You can't go, I want to be 70 kilos, because you don't go into a shop looking for a size 70 kilos. You go into a shop looking to see how clothes feel for you. Pick an outfit, pick a non-scale victory. Are you being impatient because someone else is doing better than you? Are they doing better than you or are, they, or are they being restrictive in order to get there? You need to look at it from a point of view of what's the rush? Listen to Gary Barlow take that. Have a little patience, non-stop. Fitness doesn't have an end goal. Weight loss has an end goal. It's to feel better. But you also may not feel better by losing weight. And that's a big caveat there. A lot of people think that losing weight will solve a lot of the problems when it's still going to be the same person driving uh, potentially a smaller car. And what what I mean by a smaller car is them, a smaller version of themselves. It's still going to be the same brain that's going to be driving you. You need to start with self-acceptance. You need to start with, I like myself. It's not body positivity, it's self-acceptance. I am doing this for me. I am doing this to be around for my kids. I am doing this to be healthy. I am doing this because I want to get strong. I'm doing this because I want to be around for my grandkids. But you have to look at it from a point of view as if you are being impatient, your goal isn't a real goal. It's a quick fix you're looking for. If you are saving for a mortgage, you don't get that in one paycheck. If you're looking for a job promotion, you don't get that in one month of of, of working there. But yet, we expect weight loss to be different. We expect muscle gain to be different. We expect a fitness journey to be different. It's not different in any way. Nothing that's worthwhile will come to you easily. Relationships, work, life. Life is a struggle sometimes. But it's on those lower times you'll learn more about yourself, whether your coping mechanisms are suiting you and aiding you, or do you down tools every time something doesn't go right. Are you trying to bring a perfection mentality into it? Remember, humans can't be perfect. Humans can only be human. Are you trying to people please for everyone else? Are you doing this for everyone else to be accepted by society? Your friends aren't with you because of what you weigh. Your friends aren't with you because of what you look like. They're with you because they love you. They're with you because you're funny. That has nothing to do with your weight. Your weight today, you will not remember what your weight is one year from now. It is the least interesting thing about you. So if you're dealing with impatience, you need to look at your goal. Are you being unrealistic? If you're emotional eating, you need to start with your emotional eating rather than a weight loss goal right now. You need to improve your relationship with food and yourself. Not everyone should be losing weight. And sometimes that's a hard thing to hear. So we have to look at it from a point of view. Dealing with impatience. It doesn't end. You can't. There's a certain point where you won't be able to lose any more weight. And that's okay. But you have to be in a place, for yourself, or is your relationship better with food and yourself, there are two pillars that I would look at first. If your life is stressful and you're going to food every time something doesn't go right in your life, you need to work on that before you aim to go on a weight loss journey. Generally, our coping mechanism for things are the reason why we either lose weight or gain weight. Weight loss takes time. Gaining promotions takes time. Saving for a mortgage or a loan saves time. Remember that. So the I think the second last one or the last one um in relation to this will be snacking with poor sleep and with the kids. So kind of a little bit of overlap with the shift work and stuff like that. Um so sleep obviously has a massive impact. Uh, it will upregulate your hunger hormone and then regulate your fullness hormone. So you will go for more sugary carbohydrate rich foods. There's nothing wrong with those foods, but they're the foods that will be given and will go to because they give it the quickest source of energy. So this is easy for me to say and this is the advice I can give. I'm not a parent and this is something that I think has to be taken into account. It's doing the best you can. So what I would say there is are you sleeping when your kid is sleeping? Are you booking in time for you into your week? Are you are you eating the same meals as your kids? Are you eating different meals to your kids? Because if you're if you're making more work for yourself, you need to look at that as well so i would aim to eat the same meals as your kids i would aim to aim for three regular meals and two or three snacks a day i don't really think there's a need to count i would leave room for say one of your snacks to be in the evening and have that little bit of chocolate have a fredo bar it's generally what i'd recommend and see how you feel afterwards as your as your downtime if your kids are going to sleep at six or seven in the evening and you're not going to sleep until 11 and you're absolutely knackered and you're just watching netflix That's your call, but it's a sign that you are probably valuing watching Netflix or scrolling on your phone more so than watching your sleep and your energy. So if you are tired, go to bed. If you are stressed, have a chat with your partner. Take a couple of big deep breaths in. Ask yourself, what do you need right now? And if that need right now is to go and talk or go for a walk or go to sleep, then honor it. If it is a negative emotion and you're using food as a negative emotion or a negative crutch, ask yourself, why Do I need this now? What is this going to solve? You could go for a walk. You could go to sleep. You could do some journaling. You could do some breathing. The unsexy stuff. Can it take longer? If you have a newborn also, you have to understand that's a very different time of your life. It's a very new, exciting time in your life. You could also be breastfeeding. Also, through breastfeeding, you will be burning calories without even realizing it. So the weight loss can and will come down or can come down um, as well um, through that tend you go for walks like if you're going for a walk book half an area to go for a coffee bring your kid with you in the in the prom or whatever it may be and go get your coffee or go get your tea or bring your mate or if they're trying to you're trying to put them to sleep go for your walk Biggest thing I would make I'd make two or three meetings for yourself into your week if possible. Have a chat with your partner saying right Monday to Friday I'm generally going to be here potentially here at work then Saturday and Sunday I need an hour to myself a self-care day or I'm going to meet up with one of the girls for a class or I'm going to meet up just go for a walk whatever it may be. It still can be done but if it's a newborn your priorities may have changed. It's about being sound to yourself nicer to yourself. Sleep has a massive impact on how we deal with things our stress can be heightened our food choices may go out the window do some meal prep don't potentially uh have regular meals um and maybe share the turns of when the baby wakes up your kids wake up that could be an alternative but it's it's saying to yourself you need to have some benches for yourself right i need some you time for myself as well it can happen maybe a little bit slower but as i said in the last one what's the rush The big question I always ask myself is with the hunger stuff is when you're snacking is, am I actually hungry? Am I hungry enough for fruit? And generally, if I'm not, I probably won't eat. Could I grab some fruit instead? Could I go for a glass of water instead? Am I bored? Am I tired or am I emotional? The whole system, are you hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? And wait about 20 or 30 minutes and generally it will go away. Am I hungry enough for fruit is generally a great mechanism for that. So the next one, which kind of comes in an awful lot and something that we work at, on our clients on a daily basis, it's kind of like a quick recap on what I've spoken about already, which is how to be more consistent on dealing with inconsistency. So inconsistency leads into impatience and impatience leads into irrational actions. So if the goal is solely weight loss, you are basing yourself on a solely outcome-based goal when you need to bring it back into a habits and a behaviors-based goal having regular meals are you getting some daily exercise are you going for a walk are you going to gym training are you um are you doing home workouts are you going to sleep are you managing your stress are you restricting if you are restricting your foods that's why you're being inconsistent there's the trigger there's the trigger so if you're if you're restricting your favorite foods there's the trigger why not say to yourself i'm going to have chocolate every day I guarantee people have this fear, and it's not nice to see sometimes. People have this fear of like, oh, if I have chocolate, I'll be able, I won't be able to stop. You have control. You have control. If you have a binge eating issue, which is lack of control, like an outer body experience, that's very different. But most people are not binging, they're emotionally eating. They're, it's serving a purpose. If you restrict the foods you enjoy on a daily basis and wait until the weekends, you're going to flatten all your tires. You're setting yourself up for failure there. But that's the approach, that's the failure. It's not the diet, that's the failure. It's the approach and the psychological things that are brought into it. So to be consistent, you need to look at, well, what do I need to do to get to my goal? Three bits, three three walks a week or three gym sessions a week three regular meals and two or three snacks a day, potentially counting calories if it's working for you. So three to 500 calorie deficit. You don't need to go on massive calorie deficit. You're being impatient if you're going for any more than that and you're probably not in a position to do that. And that's not being condescending. I wouldn't do it to myself. And I would only ever give advice on what I would do to myself and work with myself on. Ask yourself, are you being sustainable with your efforts? Are you being consistent with your efforts? Are you relying on motivation on external factors? Are you blaming other people? Are you relying on other people to do what you can do? Are you blaming motivation to bring you to your destination? Most people probably will be, but motivation is fleeting. It will be there for a while, but motivation generally comes from action. If you're actioning and doing the thing that you say you want to do, that you want to do, not what other people want you to do, what you want to do, that's generally where motivation kicks in, not the other way around. It's like Dublin Bus, you can't rely on it. Sorry if you're listening to this and you work for Dublin Bus, but two will come along at one, you'll be extra motivated. It's the days that you don't want to get out of bed, it's the days that you don't want to go and train, or the days that you will probably set a PP in the gym, you'll feel better, and you'll be like, hang on, I actually nailed today. They're the days that you'll learn more about yourself. You're also, if you've got kids and you're not doing the actions that are looking after yourself, they're mimicking you. This is where the emotional bribery that sometimes myself, Jane, and Dallas can bring in is like, well, are your actions matching up to what you would teach your kids? This is the big thing. Sometimes you'll be there'll be stressful times in your life. Sometimes you won't be have sleep or the kids are unwell. They're the weeks that you just kind of say, let's go back to basics. Let's get the regular meals in. Let's try and get sleep when we can. Then there'll be other weeks where the kids are flying it. There's no midterm or whatever it may be. And that's the weeks to kind of push things through and try to up that training a little bit. Aim for small, successful steps. Don't aim, I'm going to go for six sessions this week and never, ever go again. Aim for two or three sessions in a week or two or three walks in a week, two or three classes in a week. Not all those, by the way, just like pick one of them like what happens January on the 1st of January is people will go all or nothing and then they'll end up doing nothing because they've gone hell for leather and you can already see it in the gyms already unfortunately that the, the numbers have gone down it's basically doing the opposite of what you most would do mostly rather than looking completely look at your behaviour patterns and your behaviour goals rather than completely outcome based it's like when you're saving for a mortgage it's in my head at the minute <laughs> And that's the analogy they keep doing. When you're saving money, it's what you do over time that will get your to year goal. Not what you do for one day and never again. So the ones that I spoke about is weight loss is not linear. So hopefully that makes sense. Another was a little bit kind of like a little bit erratic with some of the thoughts and the lines that I was using there. Confusion, trying to find the right diet, inconsistency, wine o'clock, snacking a poor sleep patience and shift work so there's like a little bit in it it's like it's a 50 minute episode so guys if you found this useful please do message me if you find this useful please do tag myself dallas and or jane up on your story if you want to work with us in a coaching capacity we are now opening up spaces to start in march and we if you're looking to get away from the all or nothing approach to get away from the oyo dieting approach to work with yourself on your emotional eating your stress habits your behaviors and once and for all feel better in yourself then message us message us us DM me the application form is on shamewallstreatness.com or else you can find the link in my Instagram and if you enjoy this episode please do tag us. So hopefully guys you've enjoyed this episode. If you enjoyed it, tag us.